the VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 709, recorded on January 10th, 2024. ninth edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 542nd episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dark. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Uh, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Uh, very simple. City Skylines 2. So I'm still on that. <laughs> and it's funny, I keep on restarting because I keep on figuring out better ways to have a city. So it's like yeah. I keep on Going over and over and over again. This time I just make sure that I have the largest roads first so that I can build these gigantic avenues that go that go straight down the uh, middle of the city. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's a that's like kind of the fun part of cities is that you kind of fail the first stumble through the first city and then you make a reasonable second one. And then by the by the time, you know, everything you're doing, you kind of make your dream. The only thing I would like to do is be able to auto-upgrade streets, you know, because as it is, you have to knock down streets, which means you have to knock down houses along the way and whatever you built. It's like I'd like it if you could just auto-upgrade them, you know, without having to delete anything. Do you have, like, a disasters mode where you can summon disasters on the city? Well, you can't summon disasters, but they'll happen. I've seen uh, hailstorms and fire and uh, fires and, and tornadoes. But, you know, it's usually my city is so small that it's, like, way outside. It's like, there's a there's a tornado! Oh, yeah, it's all the way on the other side of the map. <laughs> it's not even going to come close to my city, so I'm not that worried. That's funny. Yeah. I, uh, you, should, you should post some screenshots sometime. I want to see what you're making. Okay. Actually, I should really just, um, not screenshots, but uh, video capture. Yeah, this time I've decided to have a huge main street down the middle and now, instead of having everything segregated, I have this section over here green, this section over here blue, this section over here yellow, this section over here blue, this section over here yellow, uh, I mean green, you know, that sort of thing. I also discovered that you won't get offices until you build a college, and then you'll have software stores popping up all over the place. So, yeah, you need higher education to get the offices. Um, also, you really should start building industry around your town. Like, the second you're able to build a gigantic chicken farm, Actually, it's not chicken. It's it's livestock because I built a big one. And t- wait, those aren't chicken. Those are cows. What are the cows doing there? Those aren't chickens. Um, when I you do gotten that far, or sorry, good. No, no. When you when you start building industries, um, you'll notice that your yellows will start getting demand again because you built these industries like rocks or 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 crops or or livestock, and yellow buildings will pop up because they need to process them. So the demand for yellow will increase when you start building these farm industries that makes sense that's smart i like that well like i said in order to get a uh, in order to get office buildings which are the purple you need you need um uh, you need college by the way when i build uh, the uh, elementary school and high school i usually build all the attachments that go with it like the the children's playground and the library and the sports field all together sports field takes a lot of room so you have to make sure you have a big room for it i actually had one game in which I actually, now in these games, I actually go to a tiny town before anybody's moved it. 
moved into it. And the thing is that sometimes I'm able, once I was able to get the incinerator before I got the graveyard. So you have no, you don't need a graveyard. You just have the incinerator, just toss them in. There's a lot of space in town because the, the church and the graveyard take up a lot of space, especially if you want to build a, you know, a church and a, uh, and a monument near it. So how deep have you gotten into city skylines, uh, DJ? Um, I haven't gotten that far. I've been playing a lot of other things, okay. mostly for game of the year, mostly for work, and uh, oh, game of the year is easy. It's Hi-Fi Rush, All right? <laughs> um, I went back to Alan Wake two this week. Oh, okay. And uh, I have not gotten all the way through the end of the game, like, and I need to do the new game. So, like, there's a different ending in New Game Plus because there's uh there's extra pages in New Game Plus, and if you get them, there's a different ending. Ah. So I'm trying to work my way towards that. Um, that's that's interesting. Western games are doing that now. Yep. At least Alan Wake did, or Alan Wake Two does, because right. uh, that was like a specific thing that they added a little bit afterwards in a free update. And I like that they did it for free. They could have made that DLC, but they didn't. Okay. Well, there's more Alan Wake news we're going to talk about in a few seconds, but yeah. And I've been uh, playing uh, Trials to Reverie. I don't know if I mentioned that previous episode. You mentioned it last week, yeah. Okay. Well, I've been, I've gotten farther into it, and I've gotten to the, I guess, the Reverie Corridor. So it does play a little bit like uh, Trials of the Third, <clears throat> but it's it's different. You know, it's different situation, and different uh, mechanics are happening in the game. They have this nice, like, united front attack that you could do when you have more than uh, five characters and you have a, an assault gauge that you fill up and then you use that to do an all out attack with like, you know, five or more people that you have in your, your party and then your support. And you're using, uh, two master, uh, quartz for your, your orbments and, um, and there's a whole bunch of mini games in the corridor and there's these daydream stuff that you can do, which does remind me of, a uh, you know, of the doors in Sky Third, where you would open it and you would see some story, and there would be some sort of fight in there, and then you get to the conclusion, and you get your reward, and uh, it's it's really good. You know, you, you get all these little orbs to unlock uh, different abilities, to expand your uh, brave points, to expand your party. Um, so it's it's really interesting. You know, you haven't talked about in a while is Minecraft. That's true. Um, I think uh, I, I joined a server for uh, a Sea of Stars fan uh, server, and we started building some uh, stuff from from both the Messenger and Sea of Stars. And uh, I, I started building the Bamboo Creek Forest, and uh, I think we, we somebody else built the Sea of Stars uh, space thing around the end portal, which is really cool looking. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Because the reason why I mentioned it is that um, Minecraft Legends is uh, not going to have any new updates anymore. They're just going to stop with the last one, and that'll be it. But on the side, on the on the good news is that they're not going to uh, take the servers off. They're going to leave it on there. They're just not going to have any more new content. Oh, that's that's something at least uh, I know because they shut down Minecraft Earth kind yeah. of abruptly. But at least uh, well, this isn't this isn't the same thing. Uh, Minecraft Legends is going to be a live service game, but they're going to leave these servers on. They're not going to. It's not right. 
because there's another news item I think TJ wrote about it is that uh, Platinum Games is ending one of its mobile games. And it's sort of like, yeah, guess what? February, that's it. You can't play it anymore. Bye. And it's not like it even has that much of an online content. You, you wrote about this, right, uh, TJ? Um, the Platinum Games thing? Yeah. I need to see. Wait, which one is it? Oh, hold on. Platinum Games. Uh, it, by the way, I did not know Hideo Kamiya Ke- uh, left Platinum Games. Yeah, the game that's closing uh, is World of Demons. It's an Apple Arcade exclusive. And it's shutting oh. down on February 1st. Okay, yeah. I don't know a lot about... Uh, I, I don't think I've written on Platinum's mobile titles too much. But this um, is one of the games that people said was really, really good, mobile game or not. And the fact is, that February 1st, you can't down, even download it on January 18th. And then on February 1st, it'll just become completely unplayable, even if you downloaded the game already. And it doesn't really have that much online and elements. It's just, okay, that's it. You enjoyed this game. Bye. I sometimes wonder how uh, lucrative Apple Arcade really is. Like, I don't know. It's It doesn't seem like a... It really doesn't seem like an Xbox Game Pass type deal where, like, no, but these, these people are being compensated well and the game is doing well because people can... Like, how... how who Do you know anyone who actually is on Apple Arcade? I know a few people, actually. But the thing is that... Um, to me, it's sort of like like um, Humble Games. You know, Humble Games has their own service. I don't know how many people are on that, but it's sort of like Apple really curates the games really well because a lot of the games that came out of Apple Arcade have become big hits, like Untitled Goose Game. I didn't even realize that was an Apple Arcade. That was an Apple Arcade game, yeah. I know Oceanhorn was on Apple uh, game store it used to be exclusive. It was, yeah, a lot of these games were exclusive, and then Apple Game Store really wasn't doing well, so they started releasing it. So you had that sort of thing going on. I mean, uh, Guilt was a, an exclusive of the uh, Google Stadia, and it mm. came on the console. It's 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 an easy game, but it's still a very interesting game to play. But yeah. Well, that's interesting. I guess I I guess I'm just kind of out of the loop on that then, because I I have. I haven't heard too much about Apple Arcade's success or failure. Just not much of anything outside of the occasional game coming to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's kind of odd, isn't it? It's it's just it's, it's, it just keeps going along, and I guess it's doing well. It's not but doing well. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it's not shut down. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Apple has has a gobs of money. They don't. Yeah, they, don't, they do. It's like Epic. You know, the Epic Game Store isn't doing that well. And if it wasn't for Fortnite. It would have shut down a long time ago. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to Fortnite, because when Fortnite goes and Epic is just going to collapse like a, car, a house of cards, I mean, Valve hasn't made any Half-Life games of note in a very long while, Half-Life Alex notwithstanding, you know? And that was their big game, their big tentpole game. So could... Well, that and Portal. Uh, no, that was part of the Orange Box. It wasn't really a tentpole game for, for Valve. But the thing is that if Fortnite goes away, does Epic have anything? Is their store strong enough to survive without Fortnite? And I think the answer is no. Do you think people eventually get tired of Fortnite? Because it doesn't seem like it. <sighs> it's it's hard to say. Yeah. It's hard to say. I will say this. There's a lot of kids who are, you know, 10, year, 10 12, 13-year-olds who are growing up with it or are now, you know, in their college age. And they're still going with it. Um. 
Epic has been trying to be turned it into a sort of a metaverse type of thing, you know, like having live concerts and that sort of stuff. And I don't think it's working that well, but we'll see. Like I said, um, Fortnite is one huge hat to try and hang an entire business over. Mm -hmm. I will say this, at least um, they're making enough deals that you can get the free games that are coming out. I think uh, it's um, Guardians of the Galaxy is their current uh, free game. Also, I get a lot of games through Epic because I'm a media member, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's sad. Uh, these, it's 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 kind of it's getting really really upsetting um, that you can have a game, you can enjoy it, and then boom, it's gone. And oh, by the way, you can never ever ever play it again. Meanwhile, if I have a cartridge, uh, if I have the gold card of Zelda, it's not like Nintendo says you can't do it. You have to buy it. No, I have a cart and I have an NES and I have a working battery. So tough luck. I, I still can play it the way I want to. <laughs> That's from 1985, which is uh, 38 years ago. So, yeah. Anyways, um, moving on to quick uh, news. Uh, Alan Lake is coming to Dead by Daylight later this month and he's going to have three powers. There's no associated enemy. He's just going to be a new hero. Yeah, sometimes they do that. They uh they did that with oh who was it? The Chucky. Chucky uh was in uh came to the game without uh anyone on the survivor side. Okay. Well, this is a survive without anybody on the villain side. I would like to see what his abilities are. Uh he has he has a light ability um in which he can light up all of the engines and the things for people to see. Um he can stun people if I remember correctly. And he has a third power. Oh, there's also a new power called Power Off, in which you can make the game harder by making all of the uh, all of the items invisible. Oh no, <laughs> that sounds intense and difficult. Yeah, well, that's that. That it's just a it's a it's a mod. It's a mutant mod. Uh, yeah, but he has light powers basically. Oh, he yeah, that makes sense, and. Uh... That's a shame if true, because the flashlight is easily the worst uh, item in that whole game. But and, he, uh, he makes his he makes it powerful. He has some powerful effects. Like like I said, he can light up all of the. Uh, he can give every everything that's useful to the survivors as an outline. Yeah, that, I mean that one sounds useful. But like whatever you're having to do with the flashlight is very hard to do. Like it's just not. For one, it's you have to like hit them, the killer directly in the face with it, and it's just a pain in the ass to get that that perfect hit on them to actually stun them. Um, but maybe he, uh, maybe I, I haven't seen his perks. I don't know exactly what they do, but maybe he has something that like makes it easier to stun with. If that's the case, maybe it makes it a little bit more viable. But by itself, the flashlight is trash. I think in his hand, it has a little bit more power. So, mm -hmm. uh, Moving on, Tetris Progeny uh, triggers a true kill screen in a record-setting run. Uh, Willis Gibson, a.k.a. Blue Scooty, made history on, in December 2023 by becoming the first player to record a kill screen run on Tetris. They actually were able to have an AI do it, but this is the first human player to do it. And it's not like Pac-Man in which you, you get to level 256 and the game breaks. No, you actually have to do some special things. Because I believe at some point there are invisible tetronomos and you have to do certain things to time it just right to give it a kill screen. The uh, 
the game runs until about I think it, it's like he did it at like around one level one hundred and fifty something, uh-huh. which. For the longest time, everybody thought the game was basically finished at 19 because that's when it goes its fastest. I, I, I can't I can't even get past level 15 in that game. <laughs> yeah, and and so they started developing new like hand techniques that made it easier to like rotate the tetrominoes and uh, make sure that you didn't die immediately. Um, and so this and so people started pushing the limit on the game. And the kill stri- the, the kill screen that uh, Blue Scooty triggered, you have to get up into the level 150 threshold or somewhere around there, and then you have to trigger a single line clear in the in the middle of the board, which then causes the game's like memory to like the numbers of the game like conflict themselves and breaks it. Yeah, like I said, it's not like getting to level 256 of Pac-Man, you know. It's more it it's was, something you have to time. And this was theorized, like you said. It was they. Well, AI system, can do it. An AI did it. The AI has never done it on the original version of the game. It was found that the AI that did do it did it on a slightly altered version. So no human has ever done this, and no like, it's, and it's never been recorded like being done. This is the equivalent of like this game is like forty years old, and this kid, this thirteen year old kid, nineteen, just 19. like opened up the holy grail. <laughs> it's I, it's I cannot, crazy, like the I level cannot, of skill that he has to get that far. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can see someone, you know, I can see myself maybe beating Donkey Kong or Pac Man. You know, I can't see myself ever beating Tetris. Yes. Because you're yeah. talking about playing up to level 19 where it goes the fastest, and then to get to level 150, you have to play perfectly for like for like 40 minutes straight. Jesus Christ! And it's so hard. Like even playing at night at, at the speed of 19 is just insane by itself. But then to have the gumption to there, like you said, there are boards. Uh, the 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 tetrominoes change color as you achieve levels, and there are some levels late in the game where the tetrominoes are almost pitch black with just like a blue tint, or they're like opaque and transparent, and it makes it very hard to see what you're doing. It's insane. Like it is insane what this dude did. It's and I I wonder if somebody will ever be able to. There will probably be somebody that matches that, but like. He has the achievement of like being the first to, to ever do it, and that is awesome. There is one yes. game I was really, really, really good at. It's called Droplets, and you can't find it anywhere. And it's it reminds me of the the thing, you know, of digital destruction. I cannot, for some reason, it it's not a lot. It's it's delisted, and you can't ever find it again. And Droplets was hella fun. Yeah, yeah, like. Props to anyone that can ever match that, but yeah. this kid's made history. He has the he has the achievement. And, At least being uh, the first. I mean, you'll always be the first. You can't, you know, no one. You can never. You may someone may break your record, but no one will ever prevent you from being first because you're yeah. first. Yeah, like at this point, the best somebody else could do is maybe find the kill screen on an earlier level than what he did. But I really, really doubt that happens anytime I mean, soon. 
Neil Armstrong is the first to to put his foot on the moon. No one will ever be able to take that away, ever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so it's a wild story. Like forty year old game, and people are still figuring out new things in it. People are still figuring out new things for speed runs on 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 Super Mario. Mm-hmm. Like discovering new ways to you know jump in a special way that you bounce through an object, that sort of thing. You know, I mean, that speed run- show why these games need to be preserved and saved, you know, so that way people can keep playing them 40 well, years later. Not every game can be Super Mario Brothers. I mean, there's droplets, and I'll never yeah. be able to play that. And I want to, because it's hella fun. It's basically, it's pipe dreams, except done really, really, really well. Scott's right, though. Games preservation sucks right now, and uh, more folk, more companies, I think, need to step up. Is that number again? 79% of all games that have ever been released are no longer available? Yeah. Which I would imagine that Steam Shovelware and Wii Shovelware... Yeah, that's just like, but it's not going to save it. I mean, here, Rugu on Steam is imperfect, because Rugu on the Xbox uh, Live Arcade was perfect, but Rugu on... Um, on Steam isn't very really good because it doesn't really map to the your controller very well. There's something wrong with it. And then you have something like uh, Prince of Persia 2008, um, you know, the one that was uh, cell shaded. Mm-hmm. You can't get the expansion on the uh, on the Steam version. It's mm-hmm. only on the Xbox 360 version that you can get the expansion, which actually is a different cliffhanger because I okay. Spoiler for a game that's almost that's going to be 20 years old soon. Um, at the end, um, when uh, she, uh, the heroine, sacrifices her life to give all of her light seeds to the trees, and she dies, and the hero, the prince, decides he's going to cut down the trees, get the, the, the light things back, and put it back in her and resurrect her, freeing the evil god, Araman. And as he walks off, she says, why? And in the main game, that's it. In the expansion, he explains his logic about uh, why he did that, you know, which is fine. Actually, I also like the ending if you don't have the expansion. It's like it's just the one thing he could not do. But he explains it. But the thing is that even after he explains it, she absolutely hates him and leaves him alone to his possible death. And I, I I love that 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 Prince of Persia game, and we're never gonna have a, a sequel, ever. But the digital destruction is you don't have that 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 ending DLC. You can't get it on Steam. You can only get it on the Xbox version. And guess what? You can't get it on the Xbox version either. It's not backwards compatible. Uh, it, you know, it was such a good thing when Red Dead Redemption became backwards compatible. And Rockstar was shocked that people were buying it. It's like, wait a minute, this is an old game, and people are buying, spending this much money just to play an old game? Gee, backwards compatibility is popular. Who would have thunk? I mean, there's always someone new who hasn't played it. You know, I, I it just seems really short-sighted, these companies that don't think future people are going to want to play these games. You know, it's... There and oh, by the way, don't... remasters aren't going to always help. I mean, there's a KOTOR remaster coming up, but it's whatever. Who cares? You know, I'd rather someone fix Codor 2 instead. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move on to game news. Uh, Scott, you can take the first item. 
Okay, uh, Bethesda will finally show off Indiana Jones gameplay at the Developer Direct Showcase. This is from PC Gamer. Three years after it was first revealed, the Indiana Jones game in development at Machine Games is finally ready for the spotlight. Microsoft announced today that the upcoming game will take center stage at the next Developer Direct uh, Showcase, set to take place on January 18th. Despite all the time that's passed since Indiana Jones game was announced, we still don't really know anything about it, including where or even when it will be set. It would be hysterical if it was set after the last movie and Indy is 80 years old. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, 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 I get the joke, but I, I don't think it's going to be that. Um, no, but it would be hilarious. They might do something where they span... You know, and they show him as a young kid, as an adult, maybe an old man, and they have like some sort of uh, generational story or something like that. Here's the thing, though. uh, Uh, They're not going to have Harrison Ford. Well, they never did have Harrison Ford's voice, because if you watch the new movie, even when he was uh, de-aged, his voice was still 80 years old. He had an 80-year-old voice coming out of a 40-year-old man. They didn't have him voice uh, what the the fate of Atlantis. I remember that. No, they, they didn't. They to... never had him fate. Uh, they never had him voice any Indiana Jones. Ever. Yeah, so I don't. I don't think that's an issue, or at least. Uh, I mean, I hope people are. Uh, understand I mean, AJ Lacasio did the voice of Marty McFly in Back to the Future in the ba- Telltale yep. Back to the Future. He was excellent. He was very very good. Mm-hmm. And then the in the final episode, they had Michael J. Fox voice uh, his grandfather, and you could tell, yeah, Michael J. Fox could not have voiced Marty McFly in this game. No. Could not have. Um, uh, did Christopher Lloyd voice Doc? It sounded- uh, yes, yes, he did. He did. Okay. Um, so, going back to the story, the developer direct showcase looks set to change all that. Microsoft said the presentation will include details on the setting and story, how fans will actually play as indie, and this is the big one, the first ever gameplay trailer. The indie game, uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> the indie game is the headliner, if only because it's game we've known the least about for the longest time. Oh, there's Dragon's Quest 12, but we'll, we'll stay focused. But it's not coming to. That's not going to be a Bethesda game. <laughs> I know, but still. It's anyway. not going to be at Microsoft's. If it's going to be at Microsoft's Direct, that would be news. <laughs> it's like Microsoft is debuting sorry, Dragon Quest 12. Anyways. <laughs> But it's not coming to the show alone. And I like this. Obsidian will present the first deep dive into Avowed, the first-person RPG set in Pillars of Eternity world. Uh, the Oxide Games and Oxide Games will reveal gameplay, key features, and future plans for Civilization meets Crusader Kings historical grand strategy game, RF, The History Untold. Ninja Theory will also reveal more about the process of developing Senyuan Saga Hellblade 2, including a look at the ambition and meticulous care involved in creating Senua's journey of survival. See, now, that's new to me because I thought it, I thought Aura uh, History Untold would be like Civilization meets Total War, but Civilization meets Crusader Kings? That sounds really interesting, actually. I think I would like more... You know, because that was something I liked about Old World, where you, you were creating your leader's Stars. story. In yeah. Civilization, your leader's just kind of there. They're immortal. 
yeah, they're immortal for 6,000 years. Or, <laughs> yeah. And so it would be nice to have this kind of epic saga, you know, where you have a story and a, and a family tree and a history to your sieve and, 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 and its leader, you know, not just just have this one leader for all time. You know? I know, I know too, that TJ sunk a lot of time into Crusader Kings. Yeah, so that sounds interesting. But getting back to Indiana Jones, though, I am really looking forward to this because I want to see what kind of game it is they're making. I, I do suspect it'll be along the lines of, um, of uh, oh my God, the Uncharted where, uh, gameplay style where you're, you know, it's third person and you're jumping and parkouring and you have story and you have some fights. But I imagine, really imagine if they shock everyone and it's a, a traditional adventure game like Fate of Atlantis. Yeah, I would love it if it was Fate of Atlantis, because Fate of Atlantis, to me, has been the best Indiana Jones game so far. I mean, they're just, they have not topped it, and it's, that's kind of sad, because they've had a lot of attempts, you know, with the Emperor's Tomb, and the, uh, there was a couple other Indiana Jones games that just really went bad. So, there's, you know, there's a lot of expectation for this, that so we want it to be a, a good, fun game, and I'm sure they're going to go for the cinematic, um, you know, Uncharted kind of style, so... That's that's what I'm expecting anyways. And the thing I heard about Avowed is that it's not going to be like Elder Scrolls. It's going to be right. a more compact game, which is mm-hmm. good. I mean, not everything has to be sprawling like a million yeah. miles wide. I think it actually, it'll make for a tighter story. I think it's going to be sort of like a fantasy version of uh, the Outer Worlds, at least in terms of structure. Yeah. I have not finished Pillars of Eternity. Did You played both games, didn't you? Yes, I did. I enjoyed both of them, and I thought Pillars 2 improved everything on the first game. I mean, they had these these shanties when you were out in the ocean, and I guess they hired this this uh, this sea shanty group, and they made some really beautiful songs that you can listen to while you're out sailing and, and looking for treasure or pirates or whatever. They did that and, for um. They did that for uh. Not this team, but. The, uh, that you had the same thing in mm-hmm. uh, Assassin's Creed 4, yeah. in which you could have, and also they do it in Sea of Thieves as well. They have you have really different really shanties, nice and, yeah. And it's a really nice touch, and I enjoyed both games, like I said. And I, I'm hoping that Josh Sawyer gets his budget to do a Pillars 3, and it's still isometric and turn-based. Uh, hey, you know what? With the success of Baldur's Gate 3, you can bet your friggin' bottom dollar. That Microsoft is asking, hey, Josh, yeah. can, you, can you make an isometric uh, uh, RPG for us, too? Yeah, make <laughs> sure. Just give me the money. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. The other thing, there's other news that's revolving around this, and that is some of the games they say Microsoft will be releasing on Switch. And perhaps really uh, like, um, here's the thing. When I played Hi-Fi Rush, I knew immediately this game's going to be on Switch someday. It's going to be on the Switch. It, I know it's going to be on the Switch someday. It's not bothering. It's like, yeah, this is, Hi-Fi Rush is the sort of game that lives on the Switch, you know. And Sea of Thieves, you know, going to Nintendo and PlayStation, yeah, that makes perfect sense because it's a live service game, you know. And then people found out, oh, by the way, the Elder Scrolls Six Xbox console exclusive. Sorry, and who didn't know that? It wasn't. It was never going to be on PlayStation. And oh, by the way. Um, uh, the game that's being made. What was the game that's a superhero game that's being made? 
that's a first-party game from Microsoft that people say, oh, it's going to be on PlayStation. What? Huh? No. No. Why would Microsoft do that? It would be like place Sony putting Spider-Man on the Xbox. It's not going to happen. Just because you want it doesn't mean it's going to happen. That's true. I uh, I think that Scott's probably right. when it, Well, actually, I don't know if Scott's right when it comes to the indie game because I've never seen machine games do... I feel like I, I feel like I'm gonna look like an idiot here. If I don't know what Machine Games has done besides, uh, besides Wolfenstein, uh, <laughs> I believe they did the last Gears of War game. Let me you see. think it might be a first-person shooter, or I don't know. No, they've only done first-person games, so like I'm mm. not sure what to expect when it. Oh no, they, the yeah, they did. They just did Quake and, and Wolfenstein, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, and so, and they're working on Wolfenstein three. I mean, some of these games. Devs surprise you like the Sukuna Rice and Ruin Rice and Ruin of Sukuna. The the game devs did some weird Yeti game. That was their first game, and then they did Sukuna, which is like worlds apart. You know, so it's it's just I don't know. So I just realized nice. you know how it's pissed. like I, I would. I, it's interesting to see devs move out of their comfort place. Yeah, and uh, try new things. I'm just not sure what to expect because Wolfenstein and Quake are all I know of machine games. Well, here's the thing. They did New Order and they did Old Blood and uh, you're doing an Indiana Jones game. I'm pretty sure it's going to involve Nazis. Sure. They're really good at killing oh, yeah. Nazis in their games. And like I said, I I, you know, I don't think it's sunk into a lot of PlayStation owners that Wolfenstein 3 will not be on the PlayStation. You know what I kind of hope they do? And this will be a long shot, but... I kind of hope that they go the the uh, route of the Ghostbusters Spirit Unleashed games, where you don't oh. play as Indy, you play as like a apprentice to Indy. That that could actually oh could you imagine? Well, Mutt was killed in Vietnam, so it'd have to be before Vietnam before then. <laughs> right, but like I, I was just thinking to myself like you could have Harrison Ford be all old and like and and like tell you about his glory days, but also teach you like the ways of the whip. Uh, but then you'd have to get Harrison Ford to want to work on it. And I don't know if he wants to be anywhere near Indiana Jones anymore. Although they did get into the fifth. He likes Indiana Jones. He He loves Indiana Jones. Okay. Well, it's uh, here's the thing. You might have um, India, you know, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones narrating, you know, just as a, as a book, as a uh, bookend. Maybe so. Cause like he, he actually enthusiastically came back for the dial of destiny. Um, Imagine if someone but, is a good uh, Sean Connery impersonator and can play his father. I don't know, but uh, it would it'll Actually. be interesting to see how this goes. I I I don't expect. Uh, I don't know what I expect, but we'll see. And we'll we'll find out pretty soon, won't we? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I'm I am excited to to watch it. I'm sure it'll be fun. I and I'm I still most be. excited for our history untold though. Even after you know the Indiana Jones, I still want to see what that game is, because now that I, like I said, I thought it was gonna be Civilization meets um, Total War, but it's Civilization meets Crusader Kings. Now I really want to see what they have going on in that game, because mm-hmm. it's a beautiful game too. Uh, TJ, would you? Uh, you don't play Civilization much, but would you play a Civilization meets Crusader Kings? Yes, I would, because I feel like so uh, a, a Crusader Kings that was more like Civilization would be far easier to digest than Crusader Kings. Oh, yeah. That's the only problem with Crusader Kings is having to deal with militaries and all that stuff and mustering. And 
I just want to do stories, man. I don't want to have to deal with There's, all that crap. <laughs> there is so much to like. There is so much to think about in Crusader Kings. I kind of have to mentally work myself up to sit down and play that game. Because, <laughs> like, I know I'm going to be onslaughted with a billion different things, and I need to figure out how to balance them all if I'm going to win. Meanwhile, Civilization sort of pairs things down. So, and about, you know, I'm going to be interested in seeing what that looks like. I mean, it looks like, graphically, it looks like The Outer Worlds. Yeah, trading uh, trading laser beams for uh, fireballs is all right by me. I'm really I'm ready to see what that game is like. Uh, Apple Vision Pro available in the U.S. on February 2nd. This comes to us from Apple. Apple today announced Apple Vision Pro, which will be available Friday, February 2nd. Already, it's like leap year day. Actually, now that I think about it, at all U.S. Apple Store locations, U.S. Apple uh, Store online. Vision Pro is a revolutionary spatial computer that transforms how people work, collaborate, connect, relive memories, and enjoy entertainment. Vision Pro seamlessly blends digital content with the physical world and unlocks uh, powerful spatial experiences in Vision OS, uh, controlled by the most natural and intuitive inputs possible, a user's eyes, hands, and voice. An all-new app store provides users with access to more than 1 million compatible apps across iOS and iPad OS, as well as new experiences that take advantage of the unique capabilities of Vision Pro. Pre-orders will begin on Friday, January 19th. There's a lot of stuff going on on the 18th and 19th, isn't there? Uh, Apple's Vision Pro is powered by Vision OS, as I said. Um, intuitive uh, gestures allow users to interact with apps by simply looking at them, tapping their fingers to select, and flicking their wrist to scroll, or using a virtual keyboard or dictation to type. With Siri, users can quickly open or close apps and play Miri or more. Apple Vision Pro will be available starting at $3,500 US with 256 gigabytes of storage. <coughs> and that's where basically everything falls apart. <laughs> I don't need Google Glasses that cost $3,500. I just don't. <coughs> yeah, $3,500. That is insane. Especially yeah, for a first adopter. Either. Especially if you're first uh, being a, a first adopter. Because then you'll have to deal with all the bugs and the problems and all that stuff. And wait for the second edition, which will fix all the problems of the first edition. And get this, 256 gigabytes? You know they're going to upcharge you to increase that storage. They're also That's, going to upcharge you to if you need uh, special lenses because you wear glasses because you can't wear glasses. They, the they do have there. actually a $99 uh, thing which deals with that. So, yeah. Oh, $99? That's nice. On top of a $3,500 uh, price yeah. tag. And, and <laughs> probably a $30 uh, cable charge cable that breaks in a month. So the uh, the $99 thing is interesting. Uh, from what I understand, it sort of is like glasses themselves and you can adjust them. So it's sort of like wearing glasses without having to wear your glasses. I just think this I I, I don't know who this thing is for. Because um, like they're, well, real they're real so Apple many, enthusiasts. That's for damn sure. I'm sure there they're out so there. So many options in VR and AR that do what this thing is doing and probably better for, and cheaper. Uh, here's yeah. the thing though. Um one of the price one of the reasons why it's so expensive is that it's really thin and it really looks like you're wearing old people shades. You know those shades that some old people have that just wrap around their head. They look like Jordy LaForge. It's like it's that kind of uh, thing that you place. So that's what I would like. Here's the thing: um, the MetaQuest Three um, is lighter, and this is even lighter. But like I said, you know the MetaQuest Three is expensive. It is. It's not thirty-five hundred dollars, and it does all the same. It does. It does the VR AR, doesn't it? Um, because I understand when you're using the um, 
the MetaQuest 3, you can actually see in color through it, you know, if you want to be able to see, you know, when you're not doing your, I don't know. I think I could wait for the Apple Vision Pro 10 when it's like $1,000. and Yeah, by that point, there will probably be other options that are more practical. That's the other thing is that um, (laughs) I don't have an iPhone because uh, Samsung does it better with their Galaxy. It's going to be interesting because um, VR, AR is something that is, I will say this, it doesn't look like you're going to get dizzy wearing these. So one plus, I will say, it doesn't look like it's one of those things in which you have to take them off after an hour because your head is spinning. $3,500 and they couldn't figure out how to put a battery in it, so you have to have it on a fucking charge cable. That's the part that, that confounds me. Yeah, can you imagine, uh, it would be nice if you were able to walk around with these shades on, you know, but they're getting Google Glasses. I suppose. Here's the thing, though, you know, Apple gets so much benefit of the doubt from their users there's going to be people who really can't afford who will be buying it just because. Because it's Apple. And I think this thing is going to be, it's going to be sold out by 5.30 on Friday, January 19th. <laughs> I don't even know how many they're, they're, they're releasing in this thing. It may, it may be something, you know, like there's only 20,000 of them and they're going to go quickly. So they can say, yeah. hey, hey, we, we sold out. That's how, that's how, that's how popular it is. We sold out. Yeah, you only had 20,000 though. It'll be interesting. Um, it's inc- it's incredibly cool, but not for thirty five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I, I you have to notice that this is U.S. only right now, so it's not like it's a hard launch. It's I'm pretty sure next year it's going to launch worldwide once they got the components cheaper. I don't know. It might, Apple seems to sell stuff at overpriced uh, rates. True, but. 3500 is still a big ask. It's a huge ask, yes. Like I said, it looks good because Apple knows one thing. They know design. And they know tech. The problem is, uh, I, I want to see what, if they, uh, they probably are going to be forced to use the USB-C because of Europe. Oh, no, wait, this is US only. So they can do their proprietary lightning shit with this thing, won't they? Yeah, pr- well, yeah. Yeah, they They're going to have so much proprietary shit because it's not being released in Europe. See, wait until worldwide when Europe gets involved and they're forced to use USB-C. Uh, anyways, move on to the next item. Go ahead, TJ. How World's Pokemon with Guns Adventure Game enters early access next week from Eurogamer. Pal World, the open-world survival and crafting adventure from developer Pocket Pair that looks like a, a lot like Pokemon with Guns, is launching into early access on Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, PC, and Game Pass next Friday, the 19th of January. Pocket Pair describes Pal World as a monster-catching survival and crafting game over on its Steam page, but notes it also features a variety of mechanics from other genres in order to provide a completely new experience for everyone. And while harmonious living alongside the pals that you catch, initially totaling over 100, is certainly possible, with the likes of idyllic farming, land and sea exploration, dungeon crawling, battling, building, and breeding all featured, it also looks to have a darker side, too, and not just because of the guns. Players that choose to take on the game's ruthless poaching syndicate might, for example, find themselves traversing perilous climates where limited resources could mean that they're forced to eat their pa- 
I'm sorry, what? Yes, you have to eat your own Pokemon. (laughs) Just take that and eat their pals. Eat their pals. Okay, let's stop calling them pals and start calling them Pokemon. You have to force the East your Pokemon. Through a mountain and suddenly decide, oh man, I'm starving. Pikachu is around right now. I didn't. I didn't think they could make a game I would dislike more than hatred. Uh, That's impressive. That's wow. Good job. (laughs) Meanwhile, pals can be put to work making fire, generating electricity, or mining ore. Yeah, you're making a slave of Pikachu there. Hey, Pikachu. Into a factory line where they could be made to automate different tasks until they drop dead. What is this? Who put this? Poaching. With players able to do crime, sneaking into wildlife wildlife sanctuaries. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh my god. Yes, Mewtwo, we're stealing you, and then we're putting you in a factory. Capture (laughs) rare pals that could be sold for cash. What is this? All of this supports online co-op for up to four players and dedicated 32-player servers that will be also available at early access launch. With that number likely to grow as development progresses. Pocket Pair says it expects Power World's early access to continue for at least a year, during which it will introduce PvP, new pals, new areas, and dungeons to explore, plus new survival items and buildings. The initial early access version will include 70 buildings and 350 different item types. It's also considering incorporating entirely new game systems based on player feedback and ideas. <laughs> oh my god, this is a horror. This is a horror game. So, Power yeah, World will be available on the Windows Store, Steam, and Xbox One, and Game Pass on the 19th of January. So here's what the thing. The fuck? Here's the thing. Have you actually seen the game in action? I have like it is as far as the trailers. It is smoother than silk. Imagine if the Pokemon company actually put the effort into their Pokemon that these guys are putting into their monsters. Oh, not like this though. Not like no. This. I mean, I'm talking about just, just animation and looks. Oh my god! It's like it's like that. It's like um, oh god, uh, Ratchet and Clank level of of you know like Pixar. I mean, imagine if. Game Freak and the Pokemon company actually gave a shit about the Pokemon game and was able to make Pokemon that look this smooth and this fluid and all that stuff. Calling it. They're going to put weird sex in this game eventually. Uh, well, they have breeding. Well, there Calling you go. Weird sex. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, look, um, you remember the old um, Dragon Warriors game? It was not It was not Dragon Warriors. It was Dragon something something in which basically you were... You, what? I was gonna say Dragon Slayer. No, no, it was dra- it was part of the drag it's part of the Dragon Quest games, but it was a Dragon Quest monster breeding game. It was before Square Enix. It was by Enix. Right. Okay. And um, they did a lot of stuff with Pokemon that just evolved it. You could have two different Pokemon breed, and maybe they'll come up with a different Pokemon and all that stuff. That's what these guys are doing. They're just taking Pokemon and saying, "Look, you know, you freaking around a lot. We're gonna do something new because." This is what a lot of kids who were 10 years old, 20 years ago, this is what they want to play. They want to play a, a more grounded Pokemon. Where you can eat your Pokemon. Damn. Hey, hey, you know what? That's because you did not you did not plan out well. It's like it Tamagotchi. Is. Hey, look, your Tamagotchi could die, right? So yeah. So if you love your if you love your Pokemon or your pal, 
you better you better plan things out or else you're gonna have to make pal burgers. <laughs> or send them to or send pals too. Like eat their pals. Like I'm gonna say something. If you if you Kill and eat your pal. That's not your pal. You're Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> hey, look, generate. Send them to the factory, generating electricity until they die. That's what I want to see to happen to Pikachu. I want him to be strapped in there and forced to power a city Pikachu, until Pikachu. He, until he <laughs> dies. <laughs> and then they say, "Okay, bring in a new Pikachu." I'm not Let even. Me... A, I'm not even a Pokemon fan. I feel bad for them. I don't feel Ooh, bad for them. They deserve all this you. crap. That's exactly what Dark or what Darkseid does to Cyborg in uh, Justice League Apocalypse War. Yeah. By the way, did you know they're um, you if know it's it, coming if, out, right? If if you if what you were doing is something that Darkseid from DC would do, you're a bad person. But here's the thing: you have to make the choice. I mean, in Grand Theft Auto, you can be a you can try and be a good person, or you could be a monster. Okay, actually, that's uh, Grand Theft Auto is about uh, Red Dead Redemption. You know, you could you can you can be on the side of angels, but you can also do the dark. Here's the thing: being good is meaningless if you're forced to be good. You know, if you have a hundred Pokemon that you treat well and they all love you, and you never force them into into indentured servitude, then hey, you know, you feel much better because you but you could have done. And remember, in Pokemon, that's just glorified, uh, you know, cockfighting. You know, that's true. It's 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 putting two dogs and having them fight. It's a dog fight. That's very true. Except they quote unquote faint. They don't die. They don't. So, I mean, but like I said, the thing that notice that I notice most is the graphics and the animation, which is really good. And it's going to make anybody who plays Pokemon these days kind of pissed, because imagine if Pokemon had this level of animation and uh, and graphic. You know, and oh, by the way, the the the, the pals, they I keep on thinking, wait, these, these are actual Pokemon. They're Pokemon that actually look like this. I hope they've made them different enough that Nintendo's not going to sue because a lot of these things I thought, wait, isn't that a real Pokemon? And yeah. also, unlike co-op for four players, so you, me, and, and and Scott, we can all just have our pals and make sure we don't eat them. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of concerned about the like how PVP is this going to yeah can people oh you've, steal you've, you've seen uh, no you've seen P, you've seen PVP in World of Warcraft that's basically what this is going to be you can throw it out a flag yeah. and you can have your monsters fight I mean here's the thing it's like doing a Pokemon battle you know mm-hmm. I what I want to know is how much control do you have over your pal if it's going to be like Pokemon in which you just order them and give them instructions and they do it or if you actually get into your your pal and you actually fight as your pal I think it's going to be giving them orders. It's going to be interesting. You know, this is what people want. They want a Pokemon MMO. This is about as close to a Pokemon MMO as you're going to get. And I cannot stress how many people are shocked and happy that it's going to be on Game Pass. Because that's try before you buy. You know? It's going to have a lot more people trying it out. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people want to try this out. Oh, my God. If, If only out of, like, morbid curiosity for a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, Ooblets was, uh, wasn't it on, I think it was on Game Pass? I'm not sure. Ooblets was the closest thing to a Pokemon game that I saw, except that one uh, was the complete opposite of this in which you know, your Pokemon your Pokemon and Ooblets didn't fight. They danced. They had a dance-off. Ooblets was, like, super wholesome in comparison. Yeah. And Ooblets, whoever's the better dancer won. <laughs> 
and everybody is always happy to see you, whatever you're doing in that game. And then, and then in this, in this game, uh, one of the images is this giant Raichu kind of creature with a, uh, with a chain gun, a gigantic mm-hmm. chain gun. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, your Pokemon have guns now too, if you want. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can just keep imagining a Pikachu with a 45 Magnum now. Pikachu! <laughs> <sighs> what an incredible series of words in this particular story. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep, I agree. <laughs> I think someone actually uh, tried to figure out how tasty each Pokemon would be. <laughs> like, in an old story, like, an old YouTube thing, they had, what 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 would Pokemon each Pokemon taste like? Uh... I have no idea, but apparently Miltag milk is actually pretty good. I'm just picturing you and your Pokemon just poaching and going into wildlife sanctuaries. and You both have guns. <laughs> and if there's any zookeeper there, you say, well, sucks to be you. You should have stayed at home today. Bang! <laughs> yeah, I wonder what the interaction with people is going to be aside from, well, you're not going to eat other people if the weather gets bad or will you? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Steve. Know. I'm, uh, I'm too hungry. Uh, just let me just brain you and eat your legs. It'll be like that, 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 that chapter from the walking dead. Telltale game. Remember everybody was eating, was eating leg in that game. And you had to, if you, you try to prevent, uh, Clem from eating a leg. Ah, uh, it's an old game. I, I can't remember. When was it? 2009? 2008? The uh, Pokemon, the Walking Dead Pokemon, uh, Walking Dead Telltale game. It was like 2008. That's what I'm. Yeah. Ooh. Anyways, yeah, Power World. I'm definitely gonna see what this is like next week. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give a full report. <laughs> and like I said, it's gonna be an early access, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the game builds up. And they're gonna be taking, they're gonna be, uh, you know, they're gonna have Paler player feedback and stuff like that. So we're going to hear about what demented ideas people play this game are going to have. Yeah, they can. Like, can you can you ride your Pokemon? People will, like, check the boundaries and see how far you can go. Can we, because... we give, our, can we give our, our Pokemon realistic blood? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so here's a question. I wonder, can pals kill each other? Because in Pokemon, they don't kill. They, they make them faint. Seems an awful lot. Like, I mean, if you're going to use oh, guns, why not go Yeah, yeah it's like, you know, oh, I fainted because you shot me in the head. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Um, and it's not like, you know, here's the thing. You know, there's some sick things about Pokemon in which you have elementary school kids wandering off into the wilderness on their own and their parents not really caring. Yeah, bye. Okay, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna meet with your neighbor once a uh, once a night now that you're gone for my life, you miserable ten year old kid. Oh wait, they're being attacked by by gangs. I mean, Team Rocket or Team Nuclear or whatever. That help you if you have a rare pal. The poachers will kill it and take it from you. Hey, that might be one of the things, and you know, in which you're you're running around, you have a you have your own version of Mewtwo, and it's like. You have to fend off people, and if you flag on PvP, you have to fend off your, your, your Mewtwo from other players. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be entirely within the Pokemon world, 
that you could steal someone else's Pokemon. Yeah. In PvP. Yeah, that's that's what I'm wondering if they can do that kind of thing. Oh, I wonder if they can have gym leaders in Power World. You know, steal Pokemon and then eat them in front of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just imagining this okay, thing. Now you now you're Eric Cartman. <laughs> oh yeah, Eric. Yeah, definitely. There's gonna be some Eric Cartmans on there. I yeah. wonder what the gym leaders are going to be like. It's like, if you don't beat me, I'm going to kill and eat your Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Raccoon, you go to uh, uh, Lavender City, it's like, yeah, uh, you see this You see this vat of butter? If you lose, that's where your Pokemon is going. There will you know, be markets have... where some things are more rare than others. Like... Oh, dear God. You, know, you go to markets, you see dead Pokemon being butchered and hanging in the windows. Pikachu, Pikachu tail is an aphrodisiac in these parts. <laughs> and also if you need a new fuse you can use a Pikachu tail as well so. <laughs> oh yeah we use our we use our Squirtle to water the lawn oh he's dead but he's still good for that oh my god you, see, what do you, you, you see, use uh, Charmander to light some fires I was about to say you have, you have Charmander chained in the back it's like he's heating your water oil water here it's like the Flintstones you know and he just says it's a living <laughs> oh my god have you seen the trailer uh, Scott for this game I don't think so go ahead and uh, see maybe it maybe I did here's the thing yeah. go see it and like I said the one thing you'll be taken aback by is the animation and the graphics of these characters okay. if, if you love Pokemon as I just as I said you're going to be annoyed because you can see what Pokemon could be if Game Freak and the Pokemon company gave a shit about the video game because they only give a shit about the merchandising, those it's, plushies. Well, I think that's always they, it's always been the merchandise. Here's the thing: Have you noticed all the Pokemon are sort of round now? You know why they're mostly round? There's no no sharp-edged Pokemon anymore, right? Because plushies yeah. are round. You can't make a plushie that's sharp, so you gotta have round round characters. The Pokemon are getting. Eh. I mean, there's there's a Pokemon that's a Pokeball. I mean, how lazy yeah. can you get? Uh, I mean, you can make one that's car keys. There's one, yeah, I mean, there's one that's a magnet, and just different types of magnets. And I, I, I never understood Pokemon ghosts. What are they ghosts of? Mm-hmm. How can you have sex with a ghost and have a ghost that give birth to a ghost? It's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't necessarily itself have to be a ghost. It just has ghost type attacks. Yeah. Again, um, there's a darker side, obviously, to this game. Yeah. And that's, it's a darker side, though. You don't have to do the darker side. You can have it be like Stardew Valley, with you and your Pokemon walking around and making friends and going on sea and exploration and dungeon crawling and, you know, and finally, if you're stuck out at sea, you have to eat your, your best friend. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I would pay money to see Ash Ketchum eat Pikachu. Or even better, have Misty eat Psyduck. Psyduck will finally get a reaction. <laughs> Talk about a headache, Psyduck. Guess what? <laughs> this is the ultimate headache coming for you. Imagine the that that Pokemon that sleeps all the time. I don't remember. Oh, Snorlax. 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 Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, Snorlax, don't sleep too long. First. Oh yeah, well you know it's big and it has a lot of fat. It's probably really marbled. You could yeah. fill a you could feed a whole village with a Snorlax for a year. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that looks like marbled steak, you know, a nice mix of fat and meat, you know? 
So that's where that's where we are, folks. That's where we are. That's why Pal World will be the game of the year by next by this time oh next my year. God. <laughs> no, uh, seriously, uh, I like the fact that it's taking things to a next level, and it's not that as a darker side. It's more like it's doing something with the formula and do, making it move forward. That's why I liked the old Enix uh, Pokemon clone that was in the Dragon Warriors universe because it did a lot of things that were new. You know, breeding was breeding in that game was a, a difficult project because you had to figure out who might breed with whom, and then you have the egg, and then you have to you know take care of the egg, and you have to leave it in a stable and stuff like that. You know, all this stuff going on aside from you know the normal Pokemon things, and the battling was also more interesting. That's the other thing. If you're going to do the same sort of Pokemon battles in which you command your Pokemon, I'd love to see how they do it, how they improve on that system. Because what is Pokemon? It's like, okay, try and find a, you know, uh, a ground Pokemon that, because they, they're able to resist, like, what was it, fire? No. Uh, what do ground Pokemons uh, take on? I know they take on electricity. They can make that. But what else? Uh, water? No. It wasn't water. It's probably fire. I don't know. I haven't played Pokemon in a long time. So it's, but mm. in that game, it's, it's all, you know, uh, rock, paper, scissors, you know? And this, it might tweak that a bit so that the, the combat isn't as boring as it is in Pokemon. I don't know about the whole, you were talking about earlier about Nintendo suing or whatever. And I remember how the very first Nino Kanuni had Pokemon com- uh, mechanics. Really? Oh, no, it's not yeah. mechanics. I'm talking about, no, it has nothing to do with, it has to do with looks. Yeah. I mean, uh, Lauren yeah. Faust had to give uh, had to give her blessing, you know. Actually, they could, they, the, them fighting herds could not, you know, couldn't, uh, had to change a lot so that Mattel wouldn't sue them for, you know, for doing, um, for doing my, my Little Pony. But on the other hand, they also had the bright idea to talk to Lauren Faust and get her input on it. Anyways, yeah, next week, I'm definitely going to check this out. I'm excited to see what you think. Okay. Uh, Oh, here's the thing. Which do you want want me to watch more? You want to watch me in City Skylines 2, or you want to watch me in Pal World? (laughs) I think I already know the answer to that. I absolutely still think that you should post uh, what you're doing with your new cities. No, I was thinking, you know, I could do what we did like a couple of years ago and just have me play the game and just we both comment on it as I do it. Maybe so. I mean, it was really fun doing it with um, Viscera Cleanup Detail and also uh, Bus Simulator. Oh, God, Bus Simulator. That, that, that's gone so downhill so fast. It's just, it's depressing. I like uh, – there's another one that's come out since that I think is a little bit better. Which one are you talking about? I'm trying to remember what the name of it is. I think it's just called The Bus. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's a couple of those games. Actually, the one that I want to play is Euro, Euro Truck Simulator. But I think it's only on Steam. Yes, it is called the Bus. I, I I played a little bit of this a while ago, and it was just super relaxing. Did you ever play that uh, bus game by Ben and, Penn and Teller, Tour Bus, or something like that? You had uh, to. No, I didn't. I remember it though. It's 24 hours. You have to drive the bus for 24 hours, and you can't just leave the computer because the thing will start skidding off to the side. So you have to stay in front of your your screen for 24 hours, watching nothing but boring desert. It's oh, a yeah, game it's that Penn and Teller driving a tour bus across the country or something. Across the desert. Mm-hmm. 24 hours of just plain doing nothing, and you can't leave the, the controls alone because then it'll just it'll crash. 
uh, that's the sort of t- game that Penn and Teller wouldn't make, wouldn't it be? Anyways, uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net. Along with industry news and our gaming history articles, you enjoy facts and kids' comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, to hit it up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Jets. You can find me at Shardamore. And um, we may delay this podcast next week just long enough so that I can give my impressions of Power World. Because uh, that's... See, that's a Friday, so actually maybe not. It'll have to be just before. So I'll just give more impressions of uh, of um, City Skylines too. Well, I definitely cool. want to talk about that uh, director development thing after January 18th. Yeah, let's well, uh, the the uh, um I'm sorry, uh, the developer director is happening on the 19th and anyway, the 18th. So it's like, are we going to be able to do it? I guess we could if we record on Friday. Sure. Yeah, we can delay it until Friday next week. Anyways, uh, we will see you next week at some point. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, yo. And try not to eat your Pokemon. Please. <laughs>